Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Oki Show Show. How's everybody doing? You may notice that this episode is coming out on a Thursday as opposed to a Monday. That's because I'm actually kind of changing some things up. Um, I'm taking a uh, note from Serial and uh, we're moving to a Thursday release day and it's actually gonna change into a bi-weekly show. So we've been doing ep new episodes every single week. We're gonna move it to every other week. Why, you may ask? Because I am getting super, super busy. Uh, we were kind of in what's called dead season, right? Well, what I call dead season. And dead season is coming to a abrupt close because we got two feature films coming up. Judgment immediately followed by Runaway I'm gonna be working on. Both of those, which means I will not have nearly as much time available to me. So we're just going to the bi-weekly schedule, and uh, we've got some great, great stuff coming up. We've got an Oscars roundtable discussion episode coming up, which is going to be amazing because me and three other guys, we've just been marathoning Oscar movies like crazy. I finally got to see all the Best Picture nominees. And they're all super cerebral, deep and meaningful movies. So by the end of the marathon, my my brain was just screaming. Like I just want to watch some something mindless. My brain just needs to see Fast and Furious so that it can turn itself off. No, there's there's never a reason to watch that movie. I'm sorry. Anywho, so we got the Oscars roundtable coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so. This last weekend was Trail Dance Film Festival, and apparently the last freaking Trail Dance Film Festival, to which I say, what the crap? What the crap? Anywho, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I wanna, I'm gonna list off all the winners from this final Trail Dance Film Festival. It was the last winners of all time. So for best contest film, Heroes of the Realm, best Western film, Five Grand, best short comedy, Movie Magic, best short documentary, The Backstory, best short drama, Figs for Italo, best short slash other film, Copability, woo, which I got to work on, best short narrative, Alma Avira, best high school film, The Uncanny Adventures of the Fist and the Hay Girl. Best Oklahoma film, Skid, which I cannot wait to see. It has a pig. There's a pig in that movie. Best feature comedy, Afterlife. Best feature documentary, Christopher's Music. Best feature drama, 77 Chances. Best feature narrative, The Answer. Best feature thriller, Red Herring. Best director, Pavan Call for The Answer. Festival director's choice, James Christopher. Audience choice, Veda. Best Animated Film, Strings. Best Foreign Language Film, Winter's Journey. Best Actor, Sarah Seeger for Nothing Serious. And Best of the Festival, 77 Chances. So congratulations to all the winners for the 10th Annual Trail Dance Film Festival. I don't believe that it's the last. I think it's going to come back. So we're just going to say for the 10th Annual Trail Dance Film Festival, it was awesome. And um, you should go next year because it's going to happen. I don't care what you say. I don't care what I don't care what anybody says. Trail Dance is coming back next year. So this episode is super fun. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time because we're talking about location management and just the adventure of working in the locations department. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So here we go. This is episode 14 of the Okie Show Show. All right, and welcome to the Okie Show Show, the podcast that dives into the finer details of navigating Oklahoma's film and music industry. I'm sitting across from three guys who are the kings of Oklahoma's locations. They're three location managers, and there's some pretty cool guys. We have Mr. Ty Dixon right Hi here. Hi, everybody. We have Mr. S.P. Eaton right here. Hi there. And then we have uh, this guy. You forgot already? <laughs> we have Casey Crowdis here. Howdy. Who, and you don't really, you, you do a lot of different things, not I just locations. the guy behind yeah, the guy. I do a lot of different things. Such as? Uh, do a lot of locations, work in production, do coordinating, work in art. I just kind of... You're a jack. Your common generic... Who's writing the check? Good cop. He's a yeah. very good, good cop. 
You were locations, but you were also like production designer on Electric Nostalgia, weren't you? Yeah. You were, yeah, was. everybody was multiple, except for me. I was the one guy who wasn't like multiple hats. And what, You're the one guy that you, we, no one wants to wear another hat. That's one true. One hat is the, the hat you need to wear. That's true. I that don't is want true. your hat. <laughs> you do not want my hat. No. I've worn it, but. <laughs> that, I guess, yeah, that's true. But tell, uh, introduce yourselves to the audience, what all you guys do, uh, what all you worked on, all that jazz. Hmm. Okay. Um. Ty Dixon, as Gilly said. Uh, can I call you? Heck can yeah. I say Gilly? We call Brian Gilly on set. <laughs> That's my set um, name. My name's Ty Dixon. I started in 2002-ish. Um, I started as an extra, and I was given a job, and she said, do you want to do craft services or location managing? I didn't know which either one was, but I figured out craft services was to do with food, and that I wouldn't be good at that. So I started doing locations. Um, because I just wanted to be in the movie business. Uh, since then, like I did that for, well, I still do it today, but uh, up until maybe five, six years later, when SP came into the scene, I moved up to assistant director spot. SP came in as locations. And so now I jump between just to pay the bills, um, locations, I do assistant directing when I can, and everybody in this room is now starting to stick their toe into the producing pool yeah. with a capital yeah. P. Right. I think we've all done it. I think Wait, we've all done it with producer. a That's... we've done it with a small P before, but or with an ass in front of us like ass <laughs> yes. producer. Yes. But now we're like uh, going for the big time. It's kind of cool the progression of things that happen. Like everybody has their like mm -hmm. main job that they do to, to pay the bill. There's the pay the bills job, which is our day job, but yeah, it's still it, in it's production. a jobby job. I mean, yeah. that's a, we don't have electricity if we're not out in the trenches on set. Yeah. No. But, but as we as we just like I said the progression as we get to grow stretch our wings, you know, and from my very first job in locations, I was told that uh, you know, this was a perfect producers training ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. You have to deal with every department, learn what every department needs, and then how to facilitate those and make sure that you're not saying yes to one department at the expense of another. Yeah. You know, because everyone, everyone's requests are the most important requests. Of course. To them. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter so, of trying to make sure that they can all happen because the ultimate goal is to make the best movie possible. Yeah. Um, so what was the progression for you, like getting, getting started in locations? And, and now, now I feel like you're starting to become known more as a producer, but you're still like, like on the bigger shows that come in, like Gosnell and that kind of thing, you were still locations, sure. right? Well, actually, Ty did locations on Gosnell. That's I, right, I, that's uh, right. Well, he was originally scouting. I did some scouting uh, before yeah. it started off, but then another... Uh, SP project. ditched just to go UPM another yeah. movie. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because you were on you were great you were on Great Plains. Yeah, yeah. and I was mm -hmm. UPM on Great Plains due to production yeah. manager. Um, so my my personal progression started up as went to OU, went back to school to OU in the mid nineties, uh, just before and right after my daughter was born, and was in the filmmaking program was actually both in the filmmaking program and the film video studies program at OU. Right. Uh, and it was all black and white back then, right? Isn't right. It? Okay. Yeah. Hand cranks. Uh, He's older than you are. Sixteen millimeters. Yeah, but we did shoot on. We shot on sixteen millimeter. It was mostly black and white. Um, we uh, did. Uh, you guys actually yeah. shot on film? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. <sighs> and then so after that, my daughter was born. Things got you know real world for me, and I had to uh, uh, you know kind of step away. And yeah. did uh, worked for the next seven or so years in. Uh, uh, well, I was in the restaurant business back then. I was tin bar waiting tables. Yeah, at lots of different places, and then got into the real world job and was a legal assistant, and process server. Um, did an awful lot of that for about seven years. Worked for divorce attorneys. Right, and then in between leaving school and industry picking up steam here, uh, a lot of stuff with Graymark. Uh, which is I know where Ty got his start and where I where he he his path and my path ultimately intersected with uh, Graymark Productions owned by uh, Gray Fredrickson. Gray Fredrickson, yeah, yeah. Oscar-winning Gray Fredrickson yeah. and John Simonelli. It should be that's the he, he was mm -hmm. the yeah the big um, <coughs> so yeah. So I uh, another friend of ours, uh, uh, Jeff Colbert, uh, who. He and I had known each other since uh, Bricktown was just becoming Bricktown. Jeff and I did. Hmm. And uh, he'd said, you know, I've been working on some movies. Uh, you know, I think I've got a chance to really get you on a, on a on a crew coming up on this movie. 
Uh, it was called Ivory. And so, oh it yeah, was a, uh, you should have that kind of a crapshoot in that I wasn't originally hired to be the location manager. I was happy to get any job, you know, available. And originally, they were going to have me be a second second. Oh, okay. And then uh, about two and a half, three weeks before Ivory was supposed to start shooting, I get a phone call from Jeff who says, well, I've got good news and bad news. And I'd already made arrangements with uh, my job to take a leave of absence to go shoot uh, Ivory. He says, well, the uh, bad news is the director is bringing a friend that he wants to be second second. And I was mm. like, oh, man. Yeah, and that's you know, the second assistant director to the or it's like the second it's this what it's is like, it it's the like, second it's, assistant it's to like, the second well, assistant depending on where you're from austin or la or whatever but it's the, basically the, the third level down they call the third assistant director actually right. yeah right right yeah and they're they're basically responsible for their peon you know right uh getting talent from base camp to set yeah and mm-hmm. uh, helping to facilitate the second ad do their job uh, so that's what i was hired to do and then i get this call and says well you know Sorry, that job's not away. Oh, okay, well, you said something about good news. He goes, yeah, well, we, uh, uh, we, we still need a location manager. And I was like, okay, great. Well, uh, so your introduction into location managing was purely random. It was very random, and it was, it was definitely You'll, baptism by fire. Yeah. And the, the other part of his, his good news, bad news was, and we needed you to start two weeks ago. Oh, so, man. Which I feel like that's the where, randomness of that's everything. That's where he dropped into my lap, because up until that point, I had been doing locations, and Ivory oh. was my first gig as assistant director. And so oh, cool. we were sitting there going, okay, who's going? I don't have time to do this. Who's going to do this? And that's how ESP and I met, basically. Right. was. And that was, our, yeah, that was our introduction, and he, as best he could, because, I mean, he was busy prepping as an AD, making sure the schedule worked out. Yeah. Then, um, they had already done quite a bit of scouting, yeah. and it was a matter of going in. And so the background working uh, in the law offices, even though we weren't a contract law office, we did do an awful lot of negotiations with the other side. And so it gave me a pretty good predicate, and plus all the other stuff that I had done uh, in the restaurant business, which you know you never expect. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be a, a huge you know benefit. But you know, there's a lot of sales. There's often it's amazing how the the original. Uh, it's kind of funny because I feel like waiting tables. That's the real entry-level job for film sets that's that's the original day job yeah 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 but like people think that's that's like a crappy thing or it's like you know i'm just a loser working at a restaurant that's still the foundation trust somebody that's never waited tables in their life right yeah (laughs) they certainly anyone who has already starts at least a half step ahead of anyone who hasn't yeah only because you know there's a shared experience plus you know that that person especially if they did it for more than six months Knows how to think on their feet. You know, yeah. knows, that, knows how to uh, multitask. Knows how to multitask. Knows that, you know, uh, there's the, the importance of interpersonal uh, communication and being able to, you know, get your point across in the quickest and shortest amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the clearest fashion. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, those, all those skills that I had no idea were going to come into play, you know, served me really well. Yeah. Because uh, it was a baptism by fire. And it was more along the lines, and I think Casey had a similar experience when he first started because he was thrown in. I hate in, Casey's story; it pisses me <laughs> off so bad. What, which, which is was that? Was, you know, you just I He's didn't know a bitch. I should have been. I should have been scared to death as, yeah. as it was. I was so happy to have a job on a movie set. Right. So I was just thrown in, didn't know any better to be you know, freaked out. Right. Um, and looking back sometimes now, the ignorance is bliss now, is kind of a good thing back now, I mean ignorance was certainly bliss because when I look back now at what went through and and I had a lot of people complimenting when you've really done a great job Mrs. Fan I was like yeah. I just all I'm trying to do is just keep up and make sure that no one's giving me the hairy eyeball when it's time yeah. to mm-hmm. start the day and so I you know didn't know any better to not know any better I mean right. it was definitely one of those sometimes things. that's an asset sometimes it's I mean, not such a great thing but sometimes it can be an asset and if I had had any real idea because I've given talks to you know groups here and there and one of the first usually one of the first lines is I just ask everyone there especially if they're film students is uh, raise your hand and everyone you know that remembers that semester uh, or two that we all spent uh, going over locations in film school. And right. there's usually some nervous laughter because everyone's like, wait, did, did, wait, did I not go to the right school? I, right. Did I, I miss that? Well, before we, actually, before we go any further... You know, no one ever gets that part of the education. Right, yeah. 
Well, that's why we have podcasts like this, so right. we can talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but Casey got thrown right. into the middle of the clock. Well, yeah, let's hear Mr. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Man's your story. <laughs> What's your story? Well, and, and you'll see a, a theme with location managers. I don't. I haven't met anyone yet that's like, oh, yeah, I went to school. I wanted to be a location manager. It just it doesn't happen. You always get drug into it or you fall into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an art background, which is kind of, that's why I wanted to get in film, because I love movies. And I thought, well, I can be a part of creating the look of it. So yeah, I just thought, is well, that what your degree is in? Yeah, is it in, in art. Yeah, sculpture wow. is what I did back yeah. then. And uh, mine as well, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> graphic design and <laughs> yeah, advertising. Yeah. you guys have got and so, degrees. So, so we, yeah. that's, so, why, that's, that's why we're cool. so awesome at yeah. making mm-hmm. maps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so th- yeah, that's kind of what got us into it. We love the creative side of it, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to get into it. I got to figure. I'll run coffee. I'll do whatever for somebody. So I went and I interviewed uh, for Heaven's Rain. What was that? Like 2008, 2009, something like that. Yeah, someone around there. Yeah, somewhere and around. Uh, <clears throat> talked with the, the producer, and he, he's like, well, okay, well, we, we want to hire you, but uh, how would you like to do locations? I was just going to go be a PA. And I said, yeah, sure, what do I need to do? You know, I had no clue what it was. I My first time ever on a film set, I didn't know anything about film. And so... Yeah, just kind of got thrown in. Uh, now, the producer, the line producer there was Peyton Dunham. So hmm. I kind of had a guardian angel hanging over me the whole time. That was the Peyton. big trick to my success. Sorry to interrupt. Peyton, Peyton <laughs> played a special role in all, all three, three of mm-hmm. those early. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So who is, who is Peyton? Let me start first. Sure. Okay, so um, <clears throat> way back in the day, again, again in Graymark, um, he came in to the fold as he's the pain's always out and about like he doesn't work in Oklahoma film he's an Oklahoman that works in film so he's always out working and when I met him he actually was coming on as a UPM on um I don't even remember the movie it's a horror movie but he came in as a UPM so he wasn't necessarily training me as locations but he was kind of giving me hints because it was still mm-hmm. very early in the stage to be honest I never got to train under anybody I've grown up in a vacuum I never have worked under a location manager to see how locations was done. I just started off as a department head. So I had to make it up as I go along, which I just kind of took it as, well, I want to be a producer. I want to be this. So if this was my movie, how would I do it? And it logically just played out. But Peyton came in as UPM and gave me a lot of of instruction and a lot of help, but he had his own job to give. And then further down the line, he's SP and he are are really tight. I love Peyton. We're really tight too, but Peyton's more like a mentor because you guys actually Actually got to be in the trenches as location right mm. exactly i worked with him after i first met him well, and well what, and what's nice about Casey. the way peyton works is he, i i always imagine him as my little fairy godmother like right when i would get to a point where i would think i was going to get stuck on something he'd just pop up and say hey uh can you do this <laughs> and it would be exactly what i needed at it's that like time he's just plot device so i mean i looked like I did a great job the whole time but it was really because every time I was about to get bogged down or stuck he was right there he just somehow like he could see it and so I was able to learn from that without kind of going through a lot of the failure stage right it was rough and i got better as the show went on but uh that was huge. and then well, tell them about your second gig asshole <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah that's a really easy beginning like just going for an interview and then right it. well let's see it was bringing Monkey? up bobby wasn't it oh i thought when did malik come into when, play oh, oh that was after, okay so I, I thought i thought you were just like hey i, I, I want to be in the movie business so i'm gonna go work on a terrence malik oh, movie and i'm over the second going you yes. son of a bitch you <laughs> just got <laughs> didn't, didn't that happen well, but my and actually, timelines all screwed up, and for those at home, we've got these movies that we, I don't remember. I don't remember all it's, it's all they blend together after a while. I have to rewind and go. And, and but, here's uh, another thing, about, especially about oh, yeah. locations. The sleep deprivation is insane. So oh my yes. our brains are fried. Well, we, we, we can't remember things anymore right. because we live off thirty-six-hour cycles. Oh, so pick up back. Sorry. Well, Casey. before we actually go any further, let's. Talk, I, I want you guys to kind of explain what exactly a location manager is. Well, just okay. to just to clarify for the perfect so, layman who's just like, I don't know. So the what thing they're talking that's about. fair. The thing I think, that I always say, I say this to everybody, that I feel like half my job is telling people what my job is. The other half is telling people where not to park. <laughs> and so, yeah. So th- this. I is say, I say, we're half politician, half janitor. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But but honestly, we're a glorified uh, event planner. Mm-hmm. A, a, oh yeah. A party host, basically. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the Concierge movie. Yeah. 
Right. Like, you guys are the gotta, true kings of the set. Like, Someone's got to have the answer. No there, seriously, the is. Mm-hmm. you know, we've been working with people on set in the trenches for ten years, and they have no idea what we do. Um, it's so multifaceted. <laughs> because you're, listen, and, you're like you're not really on set necessarily. You're kind no, of like no, so behind the scenes. And that's important to distinguish the difference between a locations department and a location manager, because the fault a lot of movies we work on. They don't have a high enough budget or they don't plan. So our department is one or two people. It really should be four to five people. It has to be because a movie operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Even if you're working five days a week filming, that's almost worse than six days a week because now you've got trucks sitting there for two days somewhere. You've got a security guard. You've got people wondering what's going on. And so a location manager is in charge of making sure what I call the bubble, what what is on set, the people making the movie that need it quiet and aliens could be taking over in the outside world, but they're <laughs> concentrating on the movie. Yeah, It's your job to make sure the bubble can operate at 100% efficiency throughout the 12 to 14 hours that they have to film. And anything they need, it's your job to make sure. It's your job to make sure it's quiet. It's your job to make sure there's no dogs around. It's your job to make sure there's no drunks walking up a set asking what's going on. It's your job to make sure that the mayor's not pissed off at you. It's, it's your job to make sure that the cops are there to help you and not shut you down. Meanwhile, that's that the manager is in charge of prepping every people don't think about this <laughs> on a movie you can almost make a movie hey our camera broke okay well p- p- let's get another camera let's get it let's get an iphone for christ's sakes yeah hey the actor's sick today okay well let's not do that scene let's get another scene or let's get some sock puppets if you don't have a location to film yeah it, it may be your grandma's living room or something but if you don't have a physical place that is set in the physical realm of time and space, you have nowhere to film. Right. You can't do it, even if you say so. I've and, joked for years that if I don't come to work, nobody else gets to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's multifaceted in the sense that, yes, you're prepping the bubble, and you have to make sure the bubble is running efficiently for that day, but you're also prepping two weeks ahead of time, where even the director or the AD may not know what's going to happen. But you see where the scene is setting, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to require cops, and you know by reading the scene that they're going to want to be out in the street. Well, you don't just get to go do that because you're movie people and you want to do that. The city wants to know what you're doing. So even if the movie doesn't know what they're doing two weeks ahead of time, you have to let the city know. So you're working in the present, you're working in the future, and then you're also working in the past. You're cleaning up the places you've already been. You're you're making sure that bills were paid and everybody's being treated properly. So you're the, the locations department not, not and the manager, but is is in a constant state of what's happening in the present, what's happening in the future, and what's happening in the past. Right. And and also maintaining the relationships with the locations. That and, and, and that's yeah, another that's thing. The big kicker, it, that yeah. is our business. We don't we're salesmen, um, yeah. but we don't have a product. Uh, Lots of times people say, well, we need this, we need this. You literally hit the streets and you literally start knocking on people's doors and asking if you can come to their house and take pictures. It's awkward. Is it often and, pre- it's like and basically the product, you, you're, Cold calls. I always sure. say yeah. you're in the scouting process, in the development process, you're you're a scout you're different you're not managing yet you need to have certain things in mind when you're scouting of yes this is great for the movie but where am i going to park all these effing trucks yeah. and where are people where are 200 people going to poop after they've had <laughs> greasy bad catering that day um, right. so you're constantly balancing all these other things to to make it but your business is these people so in, in the way we work, we don't have like a Clint Eastwood or Woody Allen or even Graymark anymore where you're working for the same producer. Chances are you're going to see that producer again. He's going to keep you working. It's the opposite for us. It's right. these locations I need to film at and I want to film at. These are beautiful. They're cool people. Oklahoma is great. This movie that I'm never going to see again, this producer that <laughs> I may never see again, yeah. unfortunately can't be the priority. It is. It's an equal They're my boss. They've hired me to do the job and I respect that. But at the same time, there's a constant, okay, well, we, let's make sure that we take care of these. Whereas like... The, People we work with, they they they're from LA. They're like, I haven't yeah. filmed in LA in ten years. I've always felt you know like why? It's, it feels because you've been like running out, stopping traffic. Yeah, you've yeah. been screwing but the, over. The people. circus stays here, but right. the bosses exactly. come. They're the, the ones new, who are traveling. The new people come in. You know, yeah. the, 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 the top management, the producers, the top you know two or three actors, and 
and uh, the DP and usually an AD or something like that. They, they all come in. And, yeah. You know, that's another one of those things that like, you know what? So how often you have you had to new, deal you guys with... the new people. You yeah. Know? Like, we don't know you guys. Yeah. Like, do, like, how often have you had to deal with producers who, like, don't really care? More, more times. More times. Way, than way, any of us have ever wanted yeah. to. And, you know, yeah. we've got... Building on what Ty was saying is that we have the unique... Locations has a unique position of, of having one foot with the crew and the other foot with the public you know we yeah because you have to face the people again we have to advocate for both even mm. if even if we're, we're shooting in bowlegs you know and we don't expect ever come is back that a to pl- is that a town it is yeah we have oh, a yeah. town called bowlegs yeah. southeast yes um i've scouted bowlegs and i've scouted uh <laughs> both broken, literally broken bow broken i mean all these places that are much further away than just central oklahoma yeah. or from from tulsa or from lawton or any of the other hubs, but what you've got to do, even if I never expect to go shoot in Broken Bow again or in Cordell, um, I've got to be able to go back mm-hmm. there. Yeah, because you, you know, don't know because what the future one, holds. You never know what next project is going to come in, you know, mm-hmm. or if uh, you may just need it for for a quick project or for a big project, but you need to be able to leave them to and in, 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 in a state of happiness and not just contentment, but happy. Right. You know, if anything does break, God forbid, which it does, even though they're, these are professional crews that come in, what do, you, what do you do in that situation? Like, because that's actually one of my questions I have written down. Is like, if something breaks on set, like I remember we were shooting Toyota, and we were in this historical building, and one of the fixtures broke, and you looked pissed. <laughs> Wait, which, which was this one of the one of seven that exist in the world fixtures, and now there are only uh, six? I don't. Or was that a different was that? Uh, Just a different story. Was this a lamp? I think this might be a different. It was okay. like it was like a cabinet or something like that. Like uh, a door fell uh, off, or oh, yeah. I think we probably put it out of our minds for a reason. No, I do. I know exactly. That was that was down. Uh, yeah, that was on. It was a very historic uh, location cabinet. Okay, can I can I say something real quick? Yeah. Um, this comes into the theory of movies in general versus being a location manager versus my personal thing of Oklahoma film and us trying to build an industry. We're in this pupa stage right now. Right. Of, of trying to do Oklahoma film. So as far as locations go, um, the thought of like doing a one-off where we burn a location, that is ex- the exact, it's not even a thought process for me. Right. This is, yeah. this is, you know, we are the, when they when somebody becomes a location, they mm-hmm. are part of our crew. They are yeah. part of our family. Mm-hmm. It's not us versus the them or anything like that. Yeah. Because ideally, mm-hmm. I make it so beneficial for them that they won't mind doing it again, or yeah. they actually look forward to doing it again. Or so sometimes they work on the crew, the, like in the Masonic uh, Temple. Well, like, and yeah. that's the thing. As far as breaking things and things like that, first and foremost, you do everything. Everything yeah. Yeah. not to do that when yeah. we when you Both come in when you come in to people <laughs> yeah. and we tell them we ideally you'll never know we were here and that is not lip service that's what we try and accomplish mm-hmm. um, but when something is broken you fix it you fix and people say ask what what is it ask the people the people ask forgiveness ask not, for permission. not permission no 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 yeah don't ever no. say that My don't say that to a location don't manager don't say that with no shot. yeah not yeah. in front of our face what we say or at I've least what I say. Say that before. Is ask permission, pay for forgiveness. Yeah. That's what we do. And so, if if there's minor things or major things like like physical things that are broken, you, we replace it. We I bring in a professional, like a woodworker or a concrete guy or whatever. We fix it and we put it back better than normal. Now this quandary that we're starting to encapsulate here in Oklahoma is, hey, we want to do this movie and we don't have enough money to do it, but we want to do a period piece. And so we need to have these historically accurate things. And the prop department, our department's going, well, you gave me 32 cents. So I'm going to go to this museum and borrow this prop. And since you guys don't Mm. know what the movie's about yet and you don't have a shot list or anything, we don't know what we're going to use this prop for, but you have to have it. And so now we've got these priceless historical (laughs) artifacts in play that who cares what this stupid movie we're never going to see of a vampire using this artifact I feel like sometimes the mentality with above the liners that come here and it's kind of the same thing of like if you don't have the money to tip you don't have the money to go to a restaurant exactly (laughs) precisely if you don't have the money to fix the stuff that you break you don't have the money to make this movie but at the same time I mean what 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 it really costs is is carried, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if it's a multi-million dollar film 
uh, or a student film or a quote-unquote guerrilla film um, mm. because it doesn't cost anything to ask permission. Right. It may cost a little bit for a permit. It may cost a little bit in time in terms of time and preparation. But you know, if you're if you're just one of these people who considers himself a filmmaker, but in fact is more of a hobbyist because you're walking, up, you've always got a camera with you. You've got to get, you've, you've, you've just seen the most beautiful sunset and you've got to shoot a scene by the, by the right. side of the road. Um, if, if you've only got two nickels drubbed together and that's what you are trying to get your buddies together to do and shoot something, as a producer, you're going to need to do the same job as a location manager because you wouldn't say... Yeah, there's well, always a location yeah. manager just because you're not... You have to film on a location. Right. So somebody right. in your team Someone's, is yeah, doing location. That right. Whether that's their title or not, someone is doing that. So where it comes... And one of the things that we have had to... When Ty said that we're you know, working in the future, the, the present, or the past, sometimes working in the past means that we're cleaning up after someone who'd shot in a place five years before. Because oh, wow. we've, we've knocked on businesses and, and homeowners and not knowing that anyone had ever shot there before. Mm -hmm. And then part of our introduction to these people is we find out, oh, well, X shot here five years ago and they didn't do X, Y, or Z and, right. and, and, and left without paying this or fixing this and stuff like that. And so that, you know, we start uphill, we start So behind. you have to heal the relationship. Right, you got to heal the relationship, yeah. if it's even, you know, even if it's even fixable, because there's been several times, not many, but a few times when they just go, absolutely not. Yeah, you know. Um, so that is the time, nice thing about Oklahoma. We haven't burned all the bridges stunt. like they have in LA. Yeah, <laughs> like, a lot of productions try. Every time yeah. someone pulls a gorilla stunt out there, uh, someone else has to pay for it. Another production yeah, right. winds up paying for it. Whether yeah. it's oh, I'm just going to sweep this under the rug, literally in some cases, and mm -hmm. hopefully no one will find out that we just broke this lamp, or any other insert calamity here. You may think you get away with it. Right. We as an industry itself, you know, some another production is going to pay for it down the road. Right. Um, right. So it's industry. not just inconsiderate for the owners of the location itself. Right. It's inconsiderate for the your fellow filmmakers. Exactly. You're for screwing over everybody. You might want to shoot in the same place for the same reasons you do. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to, you know, the original question uh, is, you know, describe what we do, you know, in the barest sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, th these are some of the smaller, not smaller, but some of the more refined or nuanced stuff. You know, the first time you get a phone call and... It, just like they're saying, hey, can we shoot Philadelphia and Oklahoma City? Can we make China? Can we do China? Oh, yeah, we've done, do yeah. Yeah, here, you know. We did Brazil. Uh, we did 1920s, New York. We did, uh, we've done 19, it all. Yeah, 1920s, yeah. You know, and that's one of the great things about Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, is that we do have such a varied topography, and we can do so much just within our state. The only thing we can't do are grand majestic mountaintops right. and long stretches But we, they of do sky replacement. We have nice open blue sky for sky replacement. You guys see uh, <laughs> yeah. the the mountains and the trailer for uh, for uh, Monday at 11.01 a.m.? Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that. Uh, yeah, the giant mountains. Mm -hmm. It's going to be such a train oh, record for movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we're talking, we're talking about scouting and like actual shooting. Can you guys walk the audience through the process of your jobs? Because your jobs start way before sure. even pre-production months start. before yeah. Yeah. And, and usually by the time you know the rest of the crew gets together for the production meeting mm -hmm. um, for load-ins and definitely by day one we've already been on the job for as long as we're probably going to shoot so we're all we're, our job's about halfway done by the yeah. time day one mm -hmm. of 20 you guys are the stars. iceberg yeah, <laughs> I mean, under yeah. the water <laughs> you know, especially for below the line we, we definitely represent the big chunk of, of that yeah. below the line iceberg in as much as that the first call you get whether it's you know, they've even decided to shoot here sometimes it starts even before they, they've even committed you do an initial right. scout you know and they, they send you either a treatment or sometimes just a few pages or just a location breakdown it's always different depending on, on the producer and the project and they'll say you know we're looking to do downtown philadelphia present day or we're looking for 1920s new york or we've got a film that is set completely in uh guatemala, martial landscape guatemala and china yeah. and we want to mm -hmm. film it here in oklahoma okay yeah we can do it so it just takes a matter of knowing the the state and i mean yeah. like i said we've, we can do the pacific northwest in the eastern and northeastern part of the state you know we've got little sahara we're not going to be doing lawrence of arabia but we do have sand sand dunes we've mm -hmm. got our own uh rocky and mountainous terrains as far as the gloss mountains and uh down in uh Corp 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 Mountain, Corp sorry, yeah, uh, and there's kind of itchies too in the east. Right, kind mm -hmm. of so we've, got, we've got quite a few other options um, for those kinds of things. Kaimichi Mountains, which I was just reminding us of. And so 
you know, so knowing where to look for sometimes, you know, requests that might seem off the bat when someone goes, ah, can we do that here? Or unless you can do this here, ha, ha, ha. No, actually we can. Yeah. You know, and then you can tell them, you know, especially with as uh, classic and old school um, as our downtowns, our small town main streets tend to be mm-hmm. and stuff. We can do right. a lot of period pieces. Um, so how long does the scouting process usually take? As long as they have the money for it. As long, yeah. <laughs> right. Here's because the you formula, guys. If you're, that, right? if you're out there thinking and uh, are producing a movie or, God forbid, you're a big-time producer listening to us thinking about filming <laughs> in Oklahoma, the formula, this is just a basic general formula. What I've found throughout the years, six weeks. Six weeks. I, there's been so many times mm-hmm. where, like, this this coup de grace, this golden, this holy grail of, of a I need this. It's got to be this. It's got to be facing west. It's got to be made out of wood and blah, blah, blah. And so you're hunting for the specific thing. Right. No matter how, whether whether the movie's given us two weeks and we find this thing four weeks on the last day of filming, at six weeks, I don't know how it works, but every mm. time, right at six weeks, it's like, that's where we should have been filming. <laughs> we right found there. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then but your clothes are ragged. Yeah. And this is a thing that the, the, the three of us in this room and like Allison Nafee, um, the people, you know, kind of the quote unquote legit location people that have been doing this for a long time, where we have a leg up is it is our job. So, as opposed to in the olden days when somebody goes, I need this, this, or this, it's like, oh crap, I got to get mm-hmm. on Facebook, I got to get my car, yeah. I'll Google Earth. Whereas us guys now anymore, it's like, oh, let, let, you know, yeah, let's go call so. Homeboy, yeah. let's go back to so and so. And so much for me, and people make fun of me all the time, they're like, oh, we're going back to this place. I'm like, dude, like, I'm telling you, I'm sick of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just show this thing to people, and they're like, holy crap, we're filming here. And so, even yeah. though I'm lost in the, the monotony of it, it's these are still special special places to people yeah. that are highly congruent to film in so commercials you know commercials will come in hey kid we want to pay we're going to film next Saturday it's Monday afternoon we're going to film Saturday and this is literal this mm-hmm. is what a commercial is a music video it's Monday, and this weekend we want to film a prison rodeo. Five <laughs> oh, days. Yeah. Five days. You're and the we messed up. We wanted to film in McAllister uh, prison, but we probably needed to talk to them about six months ago. So here I go, five days, and I'm just jogging in my brain. Going, Where have I been? Obviously, there's no prison rodeo set up. Yeah. Where have I been? What do I know? Lazy Arena. Um, there's a bar in Stillwater. There's this, this, and this. If I get art department and we start doing this, and in five days we took tumbleweeds in Stillwater I had to convince production we got to drive a little bit we may have to put people in hotels but this is what we're doing and Art department came in and seriously, in 52 nonstop hours, they put up an acre and a half of 12 foot fence. <laughs> I I found because I had done other westerns, I knew rodeo people, so we built the arena, we brought in bulls, and we built this. But my experience is what enabled that. Yeah. If I had just been cold calling, that mm-hmm. never would have come into play. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are doing like it's not just driving aimlessly around and networking. There's a lot of research that There's goes. There's a lot of research. To help, to help. Make the best use of your time, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes it is luck. You know, when sometimes you, you just got to get lost. Yeah, on yeah. purpose. Yeah, when, yeah. But when I've ever you know had a chance to train a PA <laughs> or have someone else besides these two to work with, and they go, well, I need you to go find a, a farmhouse that looks like this. Yeah. And the silo needs to be on the south side because we want to see it. You know, the sun coming over. The, the blah blah blah. And then they go, well, how am I going to find that? And just exactly what Ty said, I go, go get lost. Yeah. What does that mean? Just go start looking. I mean, obviously, I'll turn on the ESP. You, yeah. you, it's like, okay, I'm at a stop mm-hmm. sign. Right or left? Right or left? Mm-hmm. Let's go left. <laughs> yeah. And you just wait and say, okay, which way is the dust going? Okay, I'll follow that. And then you just kind of go see. And then you know, if you've got your GPS on so that you know when you do realize, holy cow, that... <laughs> It yeah. could be exactly what I'm looking for. You make little notes. You know, you've, uh, I kept a voice recorder at some point. You mm-hmm. know, I don't use that anymore because that was just as distracting as trying to write <laughs> on, my, on my pant leg or on the inside of my hand. Yeah. But, you know, you just pull over and you make your notes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's there's every job is a little bit different. Every day is different. And they, each job has its own set of challenges. Yeah. That, that's the fun of working on a well, film well, that's, set. That's yeah. where the creativity yeah. comes in that people don't realize how much creativity goes we into get, we location. Get, we get handled. Oh, yeah. stack of paper a stack of white paper with some black marks on it and then we've got to find the visual representation of those marks right, right. you know they go okay and then, well we want to shoot a house okay what kind of house a big house a small house a big house okay is it a two story house is it a frame house is it a brick
brickhouse? Is it an adobe style? Well, um, uh, frame it. Okay, so, you know, two stories, do we have a porch? I mean, all these yeah. different things. And so you, you get them as many options as possible. And sometimes they go, I don't know, impress me. Oh, God. You go, okay, great, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's, and then once that's you my have favorite kind, That's my favorite kind of direction. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to show them options yeah. to see what direction they're thinking because they don't know exactly, exactly. how to describe what they have in their mind. Sometimes, you know, it, you know, it, it does take, you know, showing them a uh, director at the same place, but just driving up to it a different way. <laughs> different time of day right. or, or whatever. Day, yeah. All kinds of stuff. And then, you know, those are the logistics of just getting what they want to capture on film. The logistics, the mm. sexy, sexy part of locations. Ty touched on earlier is where are you going to park? Where are you going to eat? Where are the extras going to sit? Where are the where crappers going? Where are trash away? Yeah. Where do the trash cans go? Yeah. Where's everyone, where, where's, where's base camp going to be? All these things that you go, you know, people that always think they can do your job because, you know, I, I'd love to do your job because I know where all these really pretty houses are. That's <laughs> right. great. You know, but that's <laughs> Good also for kind you. of like, like a, you know, knucklehead location scouting is that anyone can tell, anyone can drive down the road and see, hey, that's a pretty house. Really? Yeah, that is a pretty house. But then does that pretty house have a place that the whole crew can park? <laughs> right. Someplace close that maybe they can have lunch where we yeah. can park trucks. You know, so yeah, logistics is Anyone huge. can tell you what a pretty building is or this would be great. You know, doesn't mean that it's a good place to film. Yeah. You know, right. or how can you make that place a place to film? And, and that's part of what makes locations good training for being a producer as well is because oh God, for you're, you're having to think about so many different facets, yeah. not just needs of the crew, but like you're saying, you have to think about logistics. You have to build, maintain, and have these lasting relationships. It's, yeah, right. it's so many it factors. It is the perfect training ground. Like, I feel like there's certain below-the-line positions that are perfect for Absolutely. the bigger Absolutely. positions. Mm-hmm. Like being yeah. a catcher, you know, how many catchers become managers in baseball? Good man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And why? What's the difference between a catcher and the rest of uh, the players on the baseball field? He's seeing it everybody. all. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's looking at everybody else in the field except for him. And so he gets to see what to do. And so locations yeah. has that same thing in common is that we see everything. We have to see everything. Right. We're, yeah, we're there. We're there from the beginning when it's just a director and a producer. They're calling locations in. So you have no input. You don't get to be creative or anything. But you're there as a fly on the wall in all these meetings from the first second. Mm-hmm. And it's not all about locations. That's it, it's it's a it's a melting pot of things. So you'll hear problems about casting or you'll hear a problem because the AD is like, well, this house is perfect. It's a great location, but so-and-so has to go to Comic-Con this weekend. So <laughs> we can't film at this house or something like that. So you're privy or, hey, we found this vacant building and the production designer says he can make it be what we need it to be. I found you four walls and a floor, but we're going to make it into what we need it to but be. But he can't right. get it ready until X date. Well, that's the same because that scene where X, actor X yeah. got can't be here until yeah. X or has to leave. We lose them before right. they can ever. So, so you're learning all this complex. To do with just you guys are. House. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like I, I see you guys and the stuff that you're doing, and it's almost like you're hurting cats in a way. Oh, wow. Like <laughs> almost <laughs> equally as much as the producers are. Oh, gosh. But yeah. I'm curious as to like if you were going to speak directly to the crew base as a whole, what are some things that you would like for them to, for the general crew to consider while being on a set? I've been location manager for a long, long time. Then I switched over to AD and I see all these perspectives and I've even caught myself as an AD. I did something on a short (laughs) film where it's like, I did it and I turned around like, holy crap, if I was location manager, I would be kicking my ass right now. Um, And I was doing locations on that. (laughs) Here's here's the thing that I just want to like to people in general or even our homies that we've been working with forever. If you wouldn't do it to yourself, even if you do sit at home and you smoke cigarettes in your living room, room and throw them on your floor <laughs> fine you You're do that garbage, at home. first of but all <laughs> these, you know we are trying to like going back we're trying to build an industry we're fighting battles we're trying to get tax rebates you know we're trying to get the state to give us tax rebates and, and things like that i mean they have we're, we want to keep them and so understand that these people we're going to, we want to go there again. And they are our family. They are part of our crew. Yeah. They, they are providing a house or a truck or a farm the way you're providing a, a camera or something like that. So treat them with respect. Treat if Live by the golden rule. So many people's like, uh, there's no way I'd let you film at my house. Are you kidding me having a movie film at your house <laughs> as a location? I'm like, that's the wrong attitude. Yeah. Because you should allow people to film at your house. But the reason you don't want that is because you know deep 
down, you know you're a jackass. And you're going to throw your Coke can in somebody's bush. And you're going to throw yeah. your cigarette butts around and stuff like that. So my thing is... Stay with your job, but understand that this is a process. And specifically, you mentioned something that reminded me earlier. All these producers that come into town, we have a boss. We're, we're, we're mercenaries. We're hired guns. We have a different boss every time. Yeah. Ronin. These people are our we're clients. Ronins. Yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> these people are our clients. And these people are representational of Oklahomans and who we are. And so treat them accordingly because they are helping us be who we want to be and yeah. have an industry that we want to be. So always be considerate that nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows who you are, Gilly, yeah. as the boom op. Nobody knows who the director is half the time. <laughs> and unless it's William H. Macy or something, nobody knows who the producers are. Who they know is me and SP and Casey, that guy that came to them, looked them eye in the eye and said, I represent this movie. Mm-hmm. Let me bring 150 of my jackass friends to your house yeah. and tear it up. And they have confidence in us and they believe in us. They don't know who the producers are. They won't know who the producers are. We are the figurehead. We are the public figure. Unfortunately, I don't want it to be that way, but yeah. that's what people know. So when as a crew member or my friends who are my good friends are doing something to hurt me, I would appreciate it if they would stop stop doing that. I mean, I'm going to park you as close to set as I can get you. I promise. So if I'm asking you to park in a certain spot, it's because I need you to park there and things like that. That's, you can only play so much God. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Follow, follow signs, read the damn map. And if you'll notice, (laughs) don't call me because you're lost and you didn't look at the map. Yeah. Yeah. And and I promise you, there's somebody sitting out there possibly, well, not now because I've been told we're not live, but at some point, (laughs) somebody may be listening to this going that son of a bitch hates me i he's parked me out by the by five blocks away you're right i was so pissed off at you i parked your ass as far away as i could yes case you know exactly who we're talking to well yeah and just to kind of echo i mean we're we're very like-minded on this and it's really about respect it's you know and, and for us we have such a personal connection with these people who they aren't in the business and that's something that filmmakers and people that work in the industry have to understand these people aren't in the industry they don't get it uh, for most of them this is the first time they've ever seen a film set and they're just in awe of what's going on right. they see 80 people running around trucks full of equipment all this insanity happening in their home or in their business or whatever it is and for some of them it's really scary I mean, it, yeah, I can you know, because you, you, you can be like, try. I just wanted to have a small party, but it turned into it, a kegger. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, you know, there have been so many times where we've been at a place and you try and prepare them as best you can to say, yeah. this is going to be big, just so you know, we're going to take care of you. But the, what they have in their mind, I mean, they, they might see a behind the scenes thing or that, you know, they have a, a certain vision of it. It's always bigger than they think it is. Yeah. And so you have to understand, you know, you're coming into their world. Yeah. Right. You know, this is not your world. This is not your playground. These are not your toys. This is their life that you're right. invading. And so you have to have respect for that and to just understand that, you know, they're new to this. And how would you feel if this was happening to you? Yeah. And, you know, so, and, and I always say, you know, I think that everybody that works in film needs to spend at least one project in locations because oh, you I get that perspective. You start seeing how much of an impact you have on real world people. Yeah. And, you know, when you come, you, you're focused on your job, you're doing your job, you got to get it done. You know, the DP's yelling at the AC to, to do this or the, you know, all these guys, have their little jobs that they have to do and that's really important to get it done but just always keep in mind where you are is somebody who's not in the business and we want to we want to make it special for them yeah, yeah. And, and whatever we and can not a terrible and that's, experience. Yeah, it's movie I want to say two we quick things before SP goes because I'll yeah. forget because <laughs> my brain stop throwing cups with liquid in them in the trash can. Oh my I promise you within 20 feet you can dump your ice out or yeah. throw your liquid into the grass like or something then throw your cup away. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Throwing the, oh, come on. Juicy sacks. Like, give me a break. I've seen a couple of times where there's like trash 
next to the trash can. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. It's like, hey, I, I realize our job is shit. So, <laughs> yes, I'll come dump your trash, but give me a heads up. Hey, Ty, hey, ass face, come over here and dump this trash <laughs> yeah. can. I need to throw my shit away. Yeah. But, and, and courtesy flush. Come on, folks. <laughs> Seriously, man. Oh, what was that? Especially dunk, girls. Don't drop girls, a deuce you are right next to animals in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm so sick of noodling for corn-eyed trout <laughs> so, so the carpet doesn't get wet. Oh, gosh. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, Esme. Go ahead. Yeah, on it, that note, the, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, and when you're, as long as we're talking about trash, if you're gonna throw something away in a trash can, you know, just make sure there's a trash bag in it before you start throwing. <laughs> right, not just yeah. an empty trash Savages. can. <laughs> uh, follow Forest signs. Feet. There's always gonna be a sign. Usually, it's a bright yellow sign. Yeah. You know, it's gonna tell you where you need to go. It's gonna tell you where not to go. It's gonna tell you where you shouldn't be and where you, you know, where you're gonna go next. Yeah. Read the damn map. Yeah. <laughs> don't think we don't see you walking past no food or drink with your cup of soup in your hand. Totally Trust me, that man. comes back. I am a, I am a deviant no, son of a bitch. You'll never notice. Uh-huh. I may Spill. get you that day. I may get you 20 years from now, but I will get you. Yeah. I will find you, we, we, and we, I will kill we've you. We've got time to find special parking for everyone. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then well, just park, park where we tell you, damn it. Yeah. And, and that's, it's for, Everybody usually special. we always have a reason for it. It's either to, you know, protect the location owner or we know that the shot is going to be in this place. Right. So you can't park there. You know, there, there are reasons. So yeah. we're not trying to be mean. Well, we this are is sometimes. Usually, we're, 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 almost all, we're almost already into the first game, which is, uh, which actually before we go into that first game, I got to say a word from our sponsors. Uh, the Okie Show Show is brought to you by... Brought to you by because when you don't have any real sponsors, just make some shit up. Yeah, buddy. What's <laughs> <laughs> so. return on investment? I'll kick <laughs> a couple of bucks <laughs> for this show. Doesn't brought to you by? Don't they make that egg McGuffin? I mean, yes, to be yeah, fair, the, the I can't McGuffin. think of a more boring topic than locations. I mean, people it may hear us, but and they're like, talk, screw those guys, guys, man. We could talk for two more hours. Oh, yeah, this could it. be like John Stewart. Well, we the things yeah. that we've the seen. Well, we're still talking locations, but we're gonna play a game called World's Worst and. Basically, the way this is, this works is that the first thing that pops in your head, you just say it, and uh, so it's the world's worst something. Okay. So this first one is world's worst things. World's worst things to say to locations. I'm too tired. I haven't got enough sleep. I'm at my 14 hours. <laughs> yeah, for, it, it, as opposed to y'all's like 22. Yes. yes. I, I pray for 14 to 18 hour days. I'm not kidding. If my paycheck says if my pay tub says 90 hours, I'm so happy. That's a good. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, we can just uh, put a PA out here with a vest to, uh, to be able to close this street down, right? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. We can just this this highway. We can just stop yeah. people. You know, as we need <laughs> them, right? three points for that one no food or drinks does coffee count (laughs) (laughs) we don't have to ask permission let's just go ahead and do it no (laughs) No one's gonna get who's gonna know who's gonna know how are they gonna tell yeah just just go do it real quick yeah just go do it real quick no no You haven't been able to do anything real quick for nine days. Right. Are you gonna... All right. World's worst thing to do on a set. Hold up production. You are the reason that you aren't filming for some reason. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's it. Changing out batteries or something. That's that has to do with it. But if you're over, if you're over playing on a YouTube video and I'm calling right. yeah, for yeah, you, yeah, 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 that's your fault. Uh, every single time that I do wind up wandering by set as opposed to taking care of some other thing or putting out a fire, I will invariably have to cough. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, always, moment, the moment I get behind a video action. village. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about don't play the million dollar piano signed by Elton John? <laughs> yes. There's a story there. Yeah. Oh, there we, had, we had a line producer years ago that I text got of a very... Uh, very nice home, very Tony home, but it had very nice decorations in it, and a piano in the grand entryway that was signed by Sir Elton John. Right. And this uh, producer sat down and put their Starbucks mm-hmm. on it. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Uh, and then later, while, while, while checking their phone to be able to make sure to do very important stuff in next. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, They paid a million dollars at an auction for that. Yes, they did. No, I, yeah, but that, And yeah. then wow. we had another crew member during the shoot that went over and started playing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, wow. it's just. 
So don't play Elton John's yeah, piano. Right. Well, you know, just uh, don't be stupid. You're nobody, kid. You're nobody. I'm nobody. You're nobody. <laughs> okay. Each location manager has a kit, a sign kit that we yeah. put signs on the fly. I have the, this thickest section in, in our <laughs> shared collective sign kit is just a single piece of paper, but we've got 500 of them at a time that have very plainly in small letters but you can't miss it, and it just says no. And we put them, <laughs> yeah. we put them on everything. You've seen it. When we got the Sonic Temple, they're just, it's just littered with yeah. no. Yeah. 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 That, then there's a smart ass that comes in and turns them upside down, so it says on. on. <laughs> yeah, always. Okay, world's worst things to bring to the set. Uh, your significant other or your friend that has nothing uh, to do with the movie. Yeah. Mm, that's a good it, one. It's need to know only. It's a family. You don't get to be there. kids. Yeah. Your kids. Your kids, oh, yeah. especially if they've never been to a set. It's nice. It's fun. I, my own daughter's come and visited me, you know, but it's with warning. and, and, and That's mm-hmm. a, a Set visits are different. Set yeah. visits yeah. are different, but, but just Why do you general. get a set visit? You, you're somebody important, whereas like a cop that I'm paying to be oh, on, our, like on ITC, like his girlfriend, or an extra. Yeah. 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 Oof. yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to take a different tack. Your novel that you're in the middle of. Because <laughs> there's always something to do. You don't have time, guys. Yeah. I've seen a lot of PAs <laughs> yes. kicking over in the back, reading. Yeah. Wrong, wrong way to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not working, it's because you're not, you're not good at your job. Right. Yeah. My favorite is the, uh, the random just like walker on the street who's got a great script idea. Oh man, yes, yes. You We've got a special file of those too. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll make sure your director, who yeah. happens to be famous, gets this right. And that's yeah, a, absolutely. I'm not. Place. I'm not going to waste any time. But that's another thing about locations. We are the buffer to that. Like, oh, you I guys need, have to deal with I that. I need an oh, assistant. Yeah. You oh, yeah. see somebody walking up. People are like, dude, come, guys, coming up, go intercept them. So you got to sit there. And I enjoy talking to people. I love talking to people. Yeah. But that is our job. And I never thought of that. Yeah. It's, you it's guys horrible. have to deal with We're all those people. And, and you know, meanwhile, you got a DP trying to get a door unlocked two blocks away, and you, you know, it's <laughs> that uh, we never yeah. talked about or anything like that. And all right, we're gonna move on to a, a for real game wait did I win who I did, uh, yes I, no okay. we, we all won oh okay we all won we're all I, winners, I felt guys. like we did. I love each yes. and every one everyone wins this is America <laughs> yes everyone wins so this is a game called gibberish experts and the way that this works mm. is that SP is from the foreign island of Dingleberry and he's mm. accompanied by his translator uh, Ty Sweet. Yeah. So SP is the uh, is the expert in lawn massages being interviewed on the news. So by Casey. Casey. Casey is the reporter speaking yes. English. Yes. I am the middleman translating Dingleberryan back and forth. <laughs> so this is gibberish expert in three, two, one. So, Sir Dinglebert, you, I hear, are an expert in lawn massages. Can you just tell us a little bit about lawn what your business is like and how did you get started in this? Money. It started off when I was a kid, and my uncle taught me how to do lawn massages. So, so lawn massaging. How? Tell me about the process. How do you massage a lawn? It's pretty much just rubbing people while they lay down on the grass. Oh, see, I thought you actually like my uncle used to do to me when I was a child. <laughs> hey, I'm just translating, folks. <laughs> so are you using the people to massage the grass? Is is that the process? People take the grass on people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? It's it's the actual massaging of the grass with human bodies. So is there uh, does their clothing play a part in this or or is nude <laughs> massages? Uh, he really doesn't even need translation go. there. He says no. The clothing gets in the way. It's the essential oils of the body and the body hair that really reacts with the grass and the. Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> these are all you guys can't see this. These are all hand motions, folks. But what he's saying is. <laughs> That grass responds to certain type of allergens within the skin and the hair products. And so 
certain types of people are better for certain types of grass. Mm. Wow, fascinating. <laughs> you don't know the half of it, buddy. Now, do you massage your own lawn at home? That's not your business, but let's just say my lawn massages me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and that was gibberish, actually. <laughs> any, any, uh, <laughs> resembl- any resemblance to any I'm a little rusty on my <laughs> dingleberrian, <laughs> but... You certainly want to offend uh, anyone that we may have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really unfortunate that you could not see SP portraying that. Yes. Oh, that was great. Well, um, tell everybody where we can find you on social media. And Oh, man, you can't. You, you uh, get in touch with me through SP and Casey. No. <laughs> uh, my um, Facebook is yeah, SP Facebook. Eaton. Uh, Twitter at SP Eaton, E-A-T-O-N. Uh, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, you can email me. I think it's S- safe to say you can pretty much catch Casey at any coffee shop at any time from the hours of 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. <laughs> it seems like. I, I, I go occasionally. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty much online either under Crowdus or Quiet Site. Quiet Site. So. Yes. And then you guys are all three on the Oklahoma Film and Music Database as well. That is, yes. 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 Real yeah, we're on the, well, yeah. thank you guys so much for coming on the show and thank having fun with me. Yeah, yeah, just chilling. So, uh, and you guys can find oh, the Okie Show Show online at Oki, on Twitter at Okie Show Show, Instagram at Okie Show Show, and then, of course, on the Facebook page and on prairiedogpictures.com slash blog. If you have an event, an announcement, anything you'd like me to say that's just weird and off the wall in the intro, be sure to message me on Facebook or email me at Brian at prairiedogpictures.com and I will probably do it on the intro. Sir, support Oklahoma film people. Keep it in the state. Yeah. Bam. That's a perfect way to end this show. Thank and you guys for tuning in. See y'all next oh, week. Enjoy your burrito. Everybody all together. Enjoy your burrito. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> 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 <laughs>